This, this is the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Find us on air, online, on mobile, and on your smart speaker. Please subscribe at ourautoexpert.com. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Now, here's the host of Our Auto Expert. Our Auto Expert. Nick Miles. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the southeast to the northeast, this is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smart speaker, on smartphone. This is our auto expert where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I'm your host, Nick Miles, along with Truck Girl Jen. Has some quotes from you this morning, things that you said. You ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> uh... I really, I really like the ground effects on that TRD, Camry TRD. Mm-hmm. I have a $66,000 plus Mercedes AMG GLC 43 in the driveway, and she goes straight to the bright red Camry with the fins on it. <laughs> with, with, with a fit, that boom! Well, it was like, I couldn't hold her back. Well, it's really funny, is I guess I'm kind of dating myself when I say ground effects. I think they say side skirts now. All right. Yeah. It, well. They're cladding. It's beautiful. Cladding. I love it. So uh, <laughs> Toyota have come out with a beautiful TRD Camry. Uh, it starts at $31,170. It's 301 horsepower. It does about 31 miles a gallon in the city and uh, it's on the highway. Uh, it, it's fairly lightweight, 3,500 pounds, so it handles really well. And it's just a great piece of machinery. But boy, throw me back to the 80s with bright red, big hips, Big spoiler on the back, a lot of blacked out. It's very. I love it. Original, dated looking. It's Fast and Furious looking. Is it yeah. old? Fa- maybe it first. The Fast first edition. Yeah, first edition. <laughs> the old Fast and Furious. Yeah, it's really cool. And but th- we're going to talk more about it later. Yeah. Yeah, because we have a really cool guest coming up. <laughs> we also have been. <laughs> I've also been test driving the uh, sixty-three, the sixty forty-three, the AMG GLC forty-three coupe. I love Mercedes coupes. What's the matter? Why are you shaking your head? Because we have a guest that's going to be. I know. I'm just telling well, you. We're going to talk about that later. I'm just excited. Yeah, and Nick is so excited. Just super excited. What's my favorite about that car? Huh? What's my favorite about that car? I don't know. What is your favorite? Oh. The seats? The seat belts. Yeah, the seat belts because they're red. <laughs> they're red. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk to uh, an engineer from Nissan about the new Frontier. Yep, that's right. It's uh, it's There is a new engine in the Frontier. Uh, one of the new police pursuit vehicles uh, from Chevrolet, the Tahoe Pursuit. Uh, Shad Balch is going to join us to tell us about that. The Toyota Venza is back. Mm. It was my favorite vehicle of all time. Uh, I'm going to see how I feel about the new one. Uh, we'll find out about that. Uh, the hot new Acura TLX, uh, Subaru announcing a brand new ride. We'll find out what the top excuses are for speeding. <laughs> What's your number one excuse for speeding, Jen? I, you know, I, I'm going to knock on wood. I haven't gotten pulled over in a what? very long time. Ah! I know. Um, I don't have a... Sp- Call yourself a truck girl and you don't get caught speeding. <sighs> yeah. Uh, Les Masterson is going to join us from carinsurance.com. And talk about the uh, top speeding excuses. Also, interestingly enough, we'll talk about men and women and who are the most in trouble. And don't forget Perry. And Perry Stern's coming on mm-hmm. to talk about uh, driving a Porsche Macan. Oh, Cayman. Yeah, uh, the like, Cayman GT, I yeah, believe. Whatever. See if he got whatever, a ticket. Perry. Whatever, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, Perry. I have to tell you, uh, 
you know, Perry, Perry and I compete somewhat in the cool cars that we drive, and I think Perry wins most of the time. Uh, so, you know. Did you just not have a Lamborghini? I did. Okay, and your problem is? He has is... McLaren. Well, you've driven a McLaren? No, uh, once. Twice. Twice. Because I've driven him twice. Okay. <laughs> Don't Ferrari. Be, don't be telling people I let you drive the cars. No. <laughs> I was allowed to drive it. I was right. on the same event as you, remember? Okay. Just okay. saying. What about Ferrari? Driven Fer- I haven't had Ferrari in a while. I know. It's been like, what, four years? They, they changed your... Uh, they changed They changed the PR people. Mm. And then that always changes things. All right. So we mentioned at the top of the show... Um, there is a brand new Nissan Frontier. It has a new engine and lots of cool, uh, really cool stuff. Melania uh, Vasco is an engineer from Nissan. She is from the uh, Technical Center, North America. She joins us on the radio show to talk a little bit about this brand new Nissan Frontier. Uh, first of all, thank you for taking part of your weekend to join us. I have to say, I have to tell you that uh, I think that the Frontier now is one of the most dynamic drives because I got one of the new Frontiers and that new nine-speed transmission. Tell me that you worked on that. I sure did, yep. Yeah, there Yay. you go. <laughs> uh, it's so smooth. And, and even though the architecture is, is fairly old, like I think 17 years old, you guys have certainly done a good job in making it uh, refreshed with the new model. So tell us a little bit about what was on the sheet. What were you told you needed to do with the vehicle when they when they wanted to refresh it? Um, so there were a couple things. So uh, as you know, Nissan has a, a pretty long history in the midsize pickup segment. Um, and so adding this new engine and transmission to, to the Frontier um, really just builds on that heritage. So um, the biggest thing that we wanted to do was deliver the most efficient uh, engine and transmission combination we could, kind of building on what we had already done in the 2020 Titan, um, which everybody knew was great. Um, those had, that had driven it had nothing but great things to say about it. So we wanted to bring that into the midsize segment. So um, combining the nine-speed Jacko transmission with the all-new um, VQ38 3.8 liter V6 um, really did allow us to offer the most fuel-efficient and most powerful truck. So uh, our truck now has three 310 horsepower, so it's the most powerful truck in the midsize segment. Um, we were able to improve our 0 to 60 time by 7%, so that's something the customer can feel every time they leave a stoplight or a stop sign. Um, we're also more fuel efficient than our outgoing four-cylinder model, um, so again, giving that efficiency benefit to the customer. And then uh, on the transmission side, adding those four extra gears really allowed us to create a smooth, direct, crisp feeling every time you shift. So what we were going for is that right gear at the right time, regardless of the scene that you're in, whether you're driving around the city at slower speeds, whether you're entering an on-ramp, uh, merging into traffic in, in, on the California freeways, um, or if you're towing or off-roading and you need maybe that to hold that lower gear for longer always being in the right gear at the right time and shifting when it needs to. That's what we were really going for. And this nine-speed transmission delivered exactly what we were going for. It really 
um, really is the heart of of the current frontier and the next generation frontier. So we're super excited about it. And and you did it all for under twenty thousand dollars. Yes. Which is, I think it's one it's one of four vehicles that Nissan has for sale right now under twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that our Frontier customers really really love, right? The value of the Frontier, and so we didn't we didn't want to take that value away from them, but we wanted to give them the best most most efficient powertrain performance that we could, and we really were able to deliver that. And we were super excited when it all kind of came together in the in the perfect combination, if you will. I know that towards the end of last year that I'd been talking to Nissan product people, and they sort of had hinted that the Frontier would get sort of some design refreshes. We would get some uh, engine and mechanical refreshes this coming year. But I bet when you guys were working on this and getting it all ready to go, you didn't really realize that COVID would come around. And that has done something very strange to vehicle sales. It's pushed those uh, smaller trucks, the what they call the half-ton trucks now, the mid-sized trucks. It's pushed those up where some cases now that mid-sized truck market is 3% above what was predicted without COVID. So now these vehicles are really, really hot. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's something we're really excited about, not only for the, the 2020 frontier, but moving into the all-new model that we've got coming. Um, we already knew the mid-sized segment was starting to, to grow, right? So um, previously, it had been a lot of the baby boomers, those sort of um, that generation. Uh, but now you see younger people getting into mid-sized trucks, right? They're they're more sporty. They're they're off-road capable. So this this COVID situation, as you mentioned, really boosted that, and we're super excited to be able to offer these products. Um, to the customer in the right time. Um, nobody loves that, that COVID happened, but it, it kind of puts it in the, the right time for the mid-sized pickup segment. Now, I also noticed a few things about the truck. Uh, you know, the capability is great, but I mean, and, and some of the product people tell me constantly, and, and I honestly, you know, I have to sort of ignore this because I'm not really sure about it, but they say that millennials don't want to drive the same vehicle as their parents. And a lot of times their parents had small SUVs and minivans, uh, so they're always looking for something that's slightly different. But I, I noticed that's one of the things, but I, I noticed the vehicle is, seems to be really geared to sort of off road adventure lifestyle. Just looking at it, the the roof rack, the the bed liner, all of these things are sort of set the vehicle up for you know somebody who might like to take off to the hills for the weekend. Yes, um, that's actually exactly something we found in our market research. Um, like I said, the the outgoing model of the Frontier was really um, geared and purchased by that baby boomer kind of generation, and trying to look forward into the next generation Frontier um, with our midpoint in 2020. Um, definitely gearing towards that younger buyer, that more adventurous, go anywhere, you know, pick up and go for the weekend kind of mentality. Um, you can take it off-roading. It delivers the efficiency and the power that you need it to. Uh, it has the, the spec and feature, the, the roof rack, you know, the utility track in the bed, that sort of stuff that, that you can easily just throw your gear in and go. Um, and that's kind of what the millennials or the upcoming generations are looking for. Right. That's different than what their parents had. Yep. 
I'm excited. I was excited to drive it, uh, a vehicle that's been around since uh, well, pre-1960s, which is kind of cool, uh, in different generations. But uh, I'm excited to see it back, and it was a great drive. And uh, I'm sure it'll go through a full refresh at some point or a full from-the-ground-up uh, remake at some point because it's obviously super popular. Uh, Melania Th- uh, Vasco from Nissan. She's the technical center person from North America and an engineer who helped bring the brand new Nissan truck uh, to the market. Stand by. More to come. We're going to talk police cruisers next on Our Auto Expert. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show. Our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear all past shows, see automotive videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. You'll find it all at ourautoexpert.com. Like me, a really nice police vehicle, by the way. Um, I enjoy, I had a police vehicle here in uh, in my home state when I was driving around a few weeks ago, uh, a while ago now. And, uh, you know, you're not allowed to turn the lights and the sirens on and everything when you're on the street because that would be illegal. Um, however, it does look a little bit like a police vehicle, even though it had blacked out sides. I went on patrol with Gresham Police. They're such a great police department. Good guys up at Gresham. I went on patrol with them. And they, uh, it, it was kind of funny when I was driving the vehicle around, I would sit in front of a truck on the freeway in the slow lane. And people would come <laughs> flying past and they'd see the, the, the police vehicle. I was in and like, it stop on like 54 miles <laughs> it was always fun to do that you never isn't that funny because we know like the best spots to speed and it's like i don't know what come you're on cops about. what are you talking about jen uh speeding yes it's your favorite thing what yes so wrong how fast did we go this morning in the amg uh, no not we didn't break the speed limit <coughs> <laughs> My friend is joining us on phone. Uh, he represents the Chevrolet brand, uh, Shad Balch, uh, to talk about the new Tahoe Pursuit. First of all, uh, Shad, do you get to take one of these home ever? Well, I feel like that should be part of the job, right? If I've got to yes. talk about it, I certainly need <laughs> yes. to know how it drives. Right on. Yes. <laughs> Who should, uh, I was invited to the fireside chat with Mary Burrow, which you guys sent out the invitation. Should I bring that up? Shad should be able to drive the Tahoe Pursuit. Please do. I I am so extremely jealous that he gets to meet her. I know. It's just a digital thing. Oh, well, still. Whatever. I get a wave at her through a webcam. That would be amazing. Wave (laughs) I could hold signs up. I I just, I really, really like her. I like the way she is. She's awesome. What she believes in. Shad, uh, so you you don't get to take one home then. That's highly disappointing. I have to tell you. I would be more than happy to evaluate it for you anytime you'd like to send it to me to play with. I'd be, I'd be your friend. Whatever you, well, whatever you, you know, I mean, it's hard for me to say no ever. So if this is a formal <laughs> request to Nick, then yes. I'm certainly happy to re- run it up the chain. Um, we would make a formal request to do this and to have a local police department evaluate it. How about, hey, 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 uh, there you go. Hey, yeah. There you go. Uh, they actually, the Gresham Police Department, who I've been out with several times, uh, I did the pit maneuver course with them, and I, uh, I took a, a brand new uh, competitive vehicle out with them. They actually have a majority of Tahoes in their fleet, so um, they, you know, they already use them, so I know they'd love to see the new ones. All right, let's talk about this. So you start with a regular Tahoe, then what happens? Yeah, exactly. So, well, let me back up just a little bit. About 20 years ago, GM formed a, a law enforcement council to specifically look at the needs that 
pursuit vehicles need. Obviously, when you have a law enforcement vehicle, it needs to be able to overpower whoever you're going after. And there are a lot of, of needs uh, that are required in a vehicle to make that happen. So we've been building Tahoe pursuit vehicles for about almost 25 years now. Wow. And yeah, the next generation, the 2021 model year, Tahoe and Suburban are coming out, which means there's going to be a couple of new options for police departments. We have two, two models coming out for, uh, for the police. We have the pursuit, the police pursuit vehicle, which is the vehicle that's used more on a, on a daily basis. It's your high speed pursuit vehicle that you would see chasing criminals, et cetera. And then we also have a special service vehicle, and this is more of an off-road type special needs vehicle that you would use uh, under, under sort of like more extreme circumstances. Like res- uh, rescue, more of a rugged vehicle. Yeah, so search and rescue or wilderness patrol, that type of thing. Exactly, yeah. With the all-new design of the 2021 model year SUVs, though, there are a lot of inherent improvements that will also benefit law enforcement, things like more room in the back seat, a wider back door so that you can get folks in and out much easier. Uh, obviously, the independent rear suspension and the extended wheelbase just adds more space for all of the equipment that these vehicles require for law enforcement. Right. And then the just the driving dynamics. I mean, the ability to go uh, much faster. These vehicles are lighter. They're quicker. All of that are strong needs that law enforcement needs for the, these types of vehicles. Um, I know that that fuel economy is always an issue for police departments. So you've uh, you've thrown in the ten speed automatic transmission, which probably helps a lot with that. Definitely, the ten speed automatic with the five point three liter V eight, which has the dynamic valve, um, the uh, the DSSC, which it it allows some of the cylinders to shut off when they're not needed when you're just cruising down the highway. Nice. Also, in the the whole electrical architecture system in these vehicles is upgraded for pursuit vehicles so there's there's like a 760 amp uh, auxiliary battery in these vehicles that allows all of the equipment in these vehicles to run when police are sitting so they don't have to keep the engine idling so you're right fuel economy is important yeah that i mean i like that too i mean i'm reading through the specs here a top speed of 140 miles an hour let's hope they don't have to go faster than that Vic. but that's pretty fast for a for a big fast. S- yeah for a big suv really good zero to 60 mile an hour time and i like the fact you put uh, 20 inch wheels on them because the one thing i noticed about gresham police department's tahoes that they have the the wheels always they always put like the cheapest wheels on them possible because they often get curbed or <laughs> when I mean, you have you have three different guys driving the vehicle in 24 hours and it's on the road constantly and 24 hours you know the the, the wheels get mashed up so um, yeah exactly you put nice well i, I love our, our designers they used they they used the, the the z71 model to be the sort of the, the platform for these pursuit vehicles and it just looks it's so badass i mean it just it looks aggressive it looks like if it's something you spot in your review mirror you're going to pull over so i'm glad that they went that route because it looks the part right uh when so when does it arrive or when can law enforcement order it so we're doing demonstrations now. Uh, you know, we just we just reopened our assembly plant in Arlington, Texas, to start right. building these things. Uh, I think that you'll probably be seeing them on the road. Hopefully, not behind you. <laughs> uh, beginning of next year. All right. 
Uh, uh, big thumbs up for that one, uh, Shad. I really enjoy talking to you, and I'll really enjoy when this arrives in my driveway in the next few weeks. Mm-hmm. You're a good friend, and I love you very, 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 very much. <laughs> Likewise, guys. I'm happy to deliver it to both of you. Oh, yay! Hey, Thanks, Shad. Thanks, Shad. Uh, Shad works for Chevrolet, and uh, uh, you can see all of that, of course, at their website, uh, the new Tahoe Pursuit. It's suited up for duty. All right, stand by. We've got more Our Auto Expert on the way. What do you got look, to look forward to in the rest of the show? There is a new Toyota Venza coming out. Will it meet the expectations of the old one? We'll talk to Andrew Quaylen about the new TLX. Looks a bit like a spaceship. And Dominic from Subaru will share details on a new vehicle. Stand by. It gets great from here on out. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. This is uh, our auto expert. Our auto expert is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can start a conversation with us, ask a car question, direct messages. Our auto expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. Uh, I have to say, many people don't know this, but the truth is the uh, first edition of the Toyota Venza was my favorite vehicle, period, hands down, ever for a family vehicle. Uh, It's not my favorite supercar, obviously, but it's a great family vehicle. And it was probably about 10 years ahead of its time. Its sales were somewhat lackluster, but it was a cross between a sort of a minivan and an SUV. It had all the utility of a minivan, but at the same time, it had this sort of look of an SUV. It drove well. It was low, wide. If you ever saw this going down the freeway and you looked at the back end, it looked super wide and super planted and very, very masculine. And I love that look of it. And glad to say, Toyota are rebirthing the Venza. Uh, Ryan is joining us from Toyota Marketing to talk about the Venza. So, Ryan, first of all, do we do we know why Toyota decide to bring decided to bring the Venza back? Uh, hey, Nick. Good morning. How are you? Good. Um, and thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. You know, um, Toyota has always um, really wanted to make sure we're. We're listening to our dealers and as well as our customers, and we really saw an opportunity within our current lineup um, of crossovers. You know, looking at our Rav4 and our Highlander, you know, um, we saw an opportunity there to to bring an all new crossover into the lineup um, that really focuses on um, design, technology, um, and and that amazing hybrid powertrain. And so. Um, you know, we, we think that um, it's a great fit and um, something that um, consumers will love because it just gives them more options to meet all of their mobility needs. I already love it, but I love it even more, the fact that hybrid comes standard now. Yeah, that's right. So this vehicle is 100% hybrid um, and 100% all-wheel drive, and that's the only way it'll be offered. Um, and, and we think that's great, you know, because the hybrid powertrain gives is going to give the driver a lot of, you know, really, really amazing benefits. You know, from an MPG perspective, it's really going to be um, class leading. We're looking at about 40 um, MPG manufacturer estimated combined, um, you know, as well as all of the other great benefits that a hybrid powertrain um, provides, you know, low um, MVH, um, a really smooth acceleration and quiet interior cabin, you know, and I think, the type of consumer that's going to be looking at Benzo will really appreciate that. I think the uh, the idea that it also comes packed with technology as well, when you start to read down some of the technology features and elements that it has, I mean, we can, we can start really right at the beginning where you've put in something that 
uh, a lot of car companies wish they were able to do, but technologically they can't because of the framework they had. And because you built this on the new TNGA-K platform, you're able to put a fixed panoramic glass roof with a frosted control inside. Now, I presume, not knowing this, but the frosted control means that you can either frost it or unfrost it so you can see through it or you can just make it opaque. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, we're calling this new technology Stargaze. It's um, it's an all-new um, fixed glass roof that we're introducing um, on Venza. And um, that's right, it, it uses electricity um, to allow the user to change the um, essentially the the um, color of the roof um, from a uh, frosted to a transparent state at a touch of a button. Um, the, the, the transition's instantaneous and really um, allows the driver to sort of tailor the interior cabin to what they're looking for, right? If you want to brighten up the interior, make it feel a little bit more airy and a little bit more open, you know, the frosted roof really um, helps cut, uh, achieve that while cutting um, some of that direct sunlight. Um, you know, and if someone wants to um, take a look and, and do some stargazing or check the weather or, or get a better look at their surroundings, you know, the um, the transparent mode also allows them to do that. So it's it's a it's a really um, interesting and all new feature um, in, for this vehicle as well as for Toyota. We're really excited about that. But you know, to your point, this new Venza has a lot of additional great technology. One of the one of the favorite things for me would be the new 12.3 inch touchscreen that we're we're putting on this um, vehicle. Um, it's, uh, it includes uh, JBL, um, a JBL audio system, um, which is great. So, you know, I, I love music. I love big screens and tech. So, so that's probably my personal um, favorite feature. And, and once you get into a Venza and you experience that, it, it's hard to go back. But um, it's packed with a lot of additional technology, you know, an available 7-inch uh, MID, um, our digital rearview mirror, um, available 10-inch head-up display. So um, for someone who's really looking um, for great technology in the cabin, um, I think the Venza will definitely deliver. Now, I have a Toyota family member in my uh, garage. Uh, I have a Lexus GX. And one of the things I like about it is safety. And you have not left out safety in the new Venza. Yeah, uh, that's definitely true. You know, for safety is one of the most important things um, for us um, as a brand, and, and this vehicle is no exception. So um, our Toyota Safety Sense 2.0 um, is going to be standard on every great Avenza, and, you know, that includes um, things like lane tracing assist and um, full-speed dynamic radar cruise control, um, pre-collision system with uh, pedestrian and cyclist detection, um, you know, uh, automatic high beams, road sign assist. So essentially all of our best um, standard uh, safety technology is going to be on this vehicle. Uh, it also is going to have heads-up display, which I think is a great idea. If usually you'd have to buy yourself a BMW or a Mercedes to get that, but now it's coming in the Venza. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the um, limited grade is going to be available with that 10-inch color head-up display, um, you know, giving a lot of great key information um, uh, on the vehicle. So um, from a tech perspective as well as a safety perspective, that's a, a great addition. It's always interesting to me, just heard you do it there, whether you call it a heads-up display or a head-up display. There's always plenty of arguments in this. I always like to call it heads-up display because multiple heads get in behind the steering wheel and read it, even though only one reads it at once. But a lot of manufacturers <laughs> call it head-up display because there's only one driver at any one time. The argument will go on forever. Uh, nine, speakers in that, uh, that nine speakers in that JBL audio system. 
That's correct. So nine speakers, um, and it's also got a 1,200-watt amplifier, so yeah. um, a lot of great power in this vehicle, and it's an amazing sound system for sure. What's the the name of the technology you have in the Highlander? Is it Speakeasy, uh, where you can talk to people in the back seat? Does it have that? Um, on this vehicle, it doesn't because it doesn't have a third row. Oh, so this okay. vehicle um, is a crossover, but it's going to be a, um, a five-passenger, so two-row crossover vehicle versus our Highlander, which is offered in that three-row configuration. Yeah, I think I think the, you guys put it in the three-row because mom or dad can't reach back and slap knees in the third <laughs> row. So they had a way to scream at people in the, in the back seat. All right, let's talk about uh, what do we know about – do we know anything about fuel economy, availability, where it's going to be priced? Do you said it fits between the RAV4 and the Forerunner somewhere. Do we know any other information, or are we going to have to wait closer to on-sale date? Right, right. So, um, you know, we do have some uh, preliminary manufacturer estimated MPG right now. Um, and so, um, you know, on our LE grade, we're looking at about 40 combined. Wow. Um, and XLE limited is going to be 39, um, just because it has a slightly larger wheel. Um, so really, when you look at this vehicle versus, um, you know, what we think is going to be our um, our competitive set, it's a really compelling and really class-leading um, vehicle in that respect. Um, in terms of pricing, um, we haven't announced it yet. Um, that is to come, um, but it will be um, on sale uh, later this year in August. So um, you won't have to wait too long um, <laughs> to uh, to get your hands on one, and, and pricing will um, will be uh, available soon. And it also comes with two-year Toyota care as well. Yes, that's definitely that's true with um, every single um, vehicle in our lineup. And you know, as a hybrid, one thing I also um, think it's it's great to mention is we recently just changed our hybrid battery warranty. Um, so now our um, hybrid batteries are offered with 10 years or 150,000 miles, whichever comes first. So just give, you know, our guests uh, more peace of mind when they're looking at um, vehicles with this type of powertrain. I look at the pictures that are on the media pack that we received from Toyota to go through some of the specs on this vehicle. And there is a picture there of it in the studio from front on with the lights on and it has a completely different look than i think i've seen on the front end of a toyota before sort of the styling is is this the sort of a new generation uh, you know i totally agree i think when you look at this vehicle um it, it looks um like nothing else in in our in our lineup um, and so I would say with this all-new Benza um, design uh, is really important. And so, um, you know, we think it's really sophisticated. Um, the front end that you mentioned um, has um, some really, really amazing lighting. So, um, you know, we've got available um, projector LEDs with that dual um, a daytime running lamp uh, up front, which um, really gives it a unique look. Um, but when you even move toward the back of the vehicle, um, we've, we've designed the taillights to be um, incredibly thin and yeah. extends um, all the way across um so it just really gives the vehicle um such a sophisticated um look um and i think uh you know especially when you're driving at night um it's going to look really great yeah it does have a really nice light bar that stretches all the way across in fact the lighting inside of this vehicle is pretty outstanding if you look at all the pictures that have been issued exterior lighting the side silhouette the shapes and uh, features in this vehicle even the in inside features of the vehicle very look modern really, yeah, very, very good. modern i love it all right well we'll look forward to getting the opportunity to test drive it when uh, when they arrive in my driveway 
since we're not doing uh, short leads. But listen, thank you for taking some of your weekend out to tell us about the uh, brand new Venza. I am looking forward, Ryan, to it uh, coming to dealerships at the end of the year. Hopefully it will retain the position of my favorite family vehicle in North America. And the Venza, of course, uh, is that five-seater two-row SUV which Americans are so hungry for. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about what vehicles were in our driveway, the Toyota Camry TRD and the Mercedes AMG GLC 43, plus on the way, the new Acura TLX. You're listening to Our Auto Expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, our auto expert, play the radio show. And all previous episodes of the podcast are available. Hours of endless fun. I'm Nick Miles from our auto expert radio show, where two million Americans find their automotive news daily. Uh, Most people are not familiar with world car companies outside of the United States. Do you know any car companies outside of the United States, Jen? Car companies that aren't sold in America, but that are sold in other countries? Yeah. All right, go. Uh, well, oh. <laughs> Renault. Renault, yeah. Good um, one. Peugeot, Citroën. Yes. Uh, yeah. what, I can't remember. It starts with a K. Keurigan? I can never say it right. Keurig? No, nah, that's maker. a coffee maker. Yeah. Dang it. Where's it from? Uh, Pagani. They're sold in the United States. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. You can't buy a Pagani in the United States, can you? I've seen Paganis in the United States plenty of times. You don't Uh, see Renaults on the streets in the United States, do you? Not very rarely, not unless it's 1970. Renault, I had one. Yeah. I did. It's my first car. It was a clown car, wasn't it? No, actually. My brother-in-law always says, don't slam the car door too hard on the Renault. The paint comes off. No, my computer chip went out. That was my problem. Oh, all right. yeah, all right. Well, there was a problem. Here, here's the deal. So there is an Indian car company. Well, Tata Motors, who own Jaguar Land Rover, they make cars in India. There's an India, an Indian car company called Mahindra, who also operate in the United States, and they just got smacked down by Jeep in court because they were making a vehicle uh, that looked extremely like the Wrangler. In fact, before the show started. I had Jen look at a picture of it really quickly, and I was like, "Hey, Jen, look at this!" And uh, and they, she looked at it, and I said, "What is it?" She goes, "It's a Wrangler," but it's not, is it? When you look closely, it's not a Wrangler. It's a knockoff. It's a knockoff. It's called the Roxor R O X O R, and Jeep went after them to say that they had knocked off the Wrangler and they use their intellectual property rights. Well, the story is that U.S. regulators ruled that India's Mahindra Motors, Mahindra Motors Limited, have violated the intellectual property rights of FCA, Jeep's brand, and that they are no longer allowed to sell or produce the the Mahindra's vehicle, the Roxa off-road utility vehicle in the United States. And so FCA won that battle. Interestingly enough, I noticed a lot of foreign companies sort of making very similar vehicles to some vehicles that are super successful. Uh, there is a Chinese company that had the same problem after they made the uh, the Jaguar Land Rover uh, knockoffs. I think it was the LR2 that they had taken uh, and they had sort of copied it. 
and uh, they got smacked down for copyright infringement. So it's interesting to see people trying to copy uh, some of the designs around the world. Didn't work for Mahindra. Although the vehicle looks kind of fun. I'm not sure how safe it is, but it looks kind of fun. It's like a small Jeep Wrangler, but you should go Google it. The Roxer from Mahindra. That's interesting. We've had a bunch of interesting cars that test drive this week. Um, we used one of the features to get here, didn't we, Jen? Yes, we did. What was it? Do you remember what it's called? What three words? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we'll have we'll we'll have these guys on soon. But what so three it words? was email, pool, gallons was our station. Yeah. So the basic thing is, every three meters squared around the world, every three meters has three words that identify those three meters. And you can put those three words into a GPS system, and it will take you to that three-meter square. And it works on your cell phone, too. Mm -hmm. If if you're trying to meet friends downtown somewhere, and you'll say, I'm standing under this light pole, and they're like, we can't find you. And you type in, or in in a busy nightclub, every three-meter square in that nightclub has its own... And it will direct you to those three meter squares. And, and it and does it in the in the uh, the GLC forty three that we. Yes, it was. And we're going to have the co-founder and CEO next week on air with yeah, us to talk about it's it. It's super interesting about it's how fun. it works. Um, and he'll explain more of it. But it's very cool. Can you imagine if you were the guy that had to give every three meter square its own words? That would be fun. <laughs> I would love it. It might be fun for about three months. Yeah. And after that, you'd be like, "Save me now." <laughs> Can I make up words? No. <laughs> no, you have to use existing words. Mine, if I could, it would be cars. It would be three cars. Yeah, but you'd run out of car names pretty quickly. No, no, I meant for my three square miles. What would, three square what, meters. Meters. What would yours be if you could have? I already wrote mine now somewhere. I think I posted it online. No, what do you want it to be? Oh, Labrador, Beagle, German Shepherd. Oh, Labrador, Beagle, Shepherd. There we go. Oh, really? Mine would be Steelers, Chevrolet family <laughs> i'm not even gonna go there not even gonna go there uh the other vehicle that we've been driving is the toyota uh, camry trd so toyota you know if you're if you have a truck you've seen the trd trucks you may be familiar with them the toyota racing division mm-hmm. uh they just sort of do the off-road racing trucks those type of things are very cool but now they've turned that into doing cars they've done the avalon and the camry the camry uh, starts around 32 31 32 dollars 301 horsepower 22 miles a gallon in the city 31 on the highway uh, it weighs about 3500 pounds a 16 gallon tank and uh, this vehicle is super fast but jen loves the way it looks i do i like that sporty look floating roof Blacked out plastic cladding, red big red vehicle with red spoiler, red seats. Do you have what color are the steering wheels? I don't know. I haven't got into uh, it. Oh, what color are the seat belts? You should look at the seat belts because that's also a big thing for you. What did I have that had yellow seat belts the other day? The Lamborghini. No, uh, was it the Lam? Oh, blue seat belts in the Veloster. In the think. Veloster, and then the AMG has the red. Yes, but you know what the Mercedes-Benz M8 has? It has a stripe. It has stripes on the steering wheels, which I think is even more impressive. Ooh. It has uh, red and blue stripes on the steering wheel on the uh, seatbelt, hmm. which I think is cool. Yeah. Uh, so the Camry TRD was is a whole bunch of fun to drive. If you, I noticed a lot of car companies doing these sort of super performance versions of their regular cars too. It's uh, smart. So, because that's what everybody's doing is they're souping up their cars uh, to so look uh, like that aftermarket. A lot of times they just make them look cool. They don't actually do anything. So VW does the, I think it's the R-Line. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, it just has a different badging, cla- ba- badging and different right. wheels and that sort of thing. But I like it when the vehicle's actually a little bit more sporty and performancey. Right. Like 301 horsepower on the Camry TRD. Right. Racetrack that, baby. And it's got four doors, so you don't have to pay much insurance. <laughs> well, I don't know how that Your works. Your insurance it's is It's a lower TRD, it, though. But she, it's, it's a race version. That's 301 wow, horsepower. It's got four doors. What 19-year-old? By the, uh, did I tell you the story about David, the kid that ca- collects our cans every week? No. Do we have a kid that comes to the door and collects our cans? He's doing it for years. He takes them. He, uh, we thought it was for the church, but I think he uh-huh. needs to help him get gas money. And he's just well, a very good. industrious kid. Really nice Russian kid, about 6'2", 17 years old. Really nice kid. Comes to the door, gets the cans every week. Mm-hmm. Last week he came to the door, almost had a seizure because well, we had the M8 850 XI <laughs> convertible. And he goes, I've never seen one. Can I sit in it? So I took him for a ride. Yeah. And then I found him on Instagram. Instagrammed it everywhere. He came over the next day, too. <laughs> He's my new best friend. He's coming over and uh, test driving all the cars. Or not test driving, uh, riding in all the cars that we have in the driveway. He's so excited. Well, I think the Camry's definitely viewed uh, towards younger people with this addition. Yes. It absolutely is. All right, stand by. There's more Auto Our Auto Expert on the way. A packed show coming to you, including the new Acura TLX. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert podcast. Locally created, nationally celebrated from the southeast to the northwest. This is America's Car Radio Show. If it has a throttle, we'll feature it on air, online, on smartphone, or on smart speaker. This is our auto expert, where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily. I am your host, Nick Miles, along with truck girl Jen, who it is my job to give an extremely hard time to for the whole show. You're used to that by now, aren't you? I am, and Uh, that's okay. Is it unnecessary? You just, you're just you. You do you. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and you, and you do you. That's right. And I'll All kick right. you later. <laughs> Ooh, I've just been threatened. Look at that. <laughs> um, I think when I first got the opportunity to drive was a 1972 Range Rover. I drove it on the farm uh, when I grew up, and that's how I sort of learned to drive. And uh, I used to go collect the eggs from the hen house in it and drive all the way down to the hen house and do it. And that was my love of driving. And now I enjoy, you know, a lot of off-road vehicles, but also enjoy sporty, very sleek, sexy family sedans. Uh, we have owned an accurate... Along with wagons yes. and big SUVs. Yes. And yes, you just love yeah. your industry. I, the only thing I don't like is cheap and nasty. <laughs> <laughs> in cars or other things. Oh, in everything. <laughs> Who does like cheap and nasty? I know, right? Gross. <laughs> uh, so as a family, we have owned an Acura TLS in uh, 2003, I think, 2006, something like that. I mm-hmm. can't remember. It was a 2006, I think. And we owned that for about three years. So when I was at Pebble Beach the last time to see the new uh, TLX concept mm-hmm. was extremely uh, exciting. And then to actually uh, to see the new TLX revealed, that was amazingly exciting. So um, I was really glad to see it um, when it was on the stand. And mm-hmm. the final vehicle is ready to go, soon arriving at dealerships. Joining us on the phone, Andrew Quaylen, to talk about it. He is from Acura Public Relations. Or I think you wear multiple hats, don't you, Andrew? 
Yeah, there's a few, but uh, yeah. Hacker PR is, uh, is my official title. All right. Uh, so finally, the new TLX is here. Uh, it doesn't really look like a production car. It looks very much like a concept, but I'm assured it is a production car. It, it definitely is. I mean, when we showed that concept last year at Pebble, we said, you know, we intend to bring this to market. And I think when you see the, the new TLX and, and definitely the TLX Type S in person, it, it delivers um, dimensionally, they're almost identical. The the width, the wheelbase, all none of that changed from the concept to the production car. A few things always have to change because uh, designers like to put things on concept cars that aren't unfortunately aren't legal. But uh, when I look at this, if you go to the the Future of Sports Sedans page where Acura have the new uh, TLX on display, uh, you have an A spec, an Advanced, and a Type S. And, and actually looking at them, I like the the red. I think the red really shines. But the concept one you did was in this sort of very interesting blue color, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So we called it Double Apex Blue. And we won't, we won't have that exact paint offered on the production model, but there is Apex Blue, which is very, very similar and uh, is just a really uh, nice-looking, sporty-looking blue. Uh, the the idea of this too is that it sort of still sits in the Acura family. I can look at the front of this vehicle. I can see the Acura grille. I can see a car which I can tell is an Acura. But at the same time, it sort of jumped forward in design to be the newest and the, and the latest of what Acura have to. Re- oh, the know. lights. Yeah, the lights are great. Oh. Uh, so you sort of done a uh, you sort of jump forward and take an Acura design to the next level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so RDX was the the first of this all-new generation of design, and uh, TLX builds on that. So there's a lot of similarities, but then uh, things like the lights that you mentioned are a a totally new version. So uh, we've we've had dual-eye LEDs for a while on our models. This is a new um, iteration of that with four LED elements on either side. And what's really cool when you see the car in person is the high lamps and the low lamps are are in the same element. So all four of those are always illuminated no matter nice. what the the lighting pattern is. So you get you get the same kind of signature from the vehicle at all times. I love the idea too when I look at the wheels um, it almost looks like you have two wheels in one. So you have these sort of five, one, two, three, four, five spoke wheels, but then inside each spoke, you've almost looks like you've got a, another element that was very cleverly done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Trying to create a, some, add some emotion, add some, some great style. There's a lot of great wheel options available. The, the type S is going to have two wheel uh, options, including a lightweight, wheel that is uh, very, very similar to what we offer on the NSX. Uh, so red seats on the inside, uh, it pretty much has to have red seats if it's a performance sedan these days, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and also you've brought the technology that out of the RDX and, and put in the uh, the touchpad and, and the push-button shifter. Yeah, yeah. Um, all that technology carries forward, so the, uh, the true touchpad interface is going to be on our uh, TLX now. We brought that ELS 3D system that's just incredible from the RDX. That's now going to be available on TLX. All that, all that great stuff we brought forward to TLX. I hope you have uh, Elliot Shiner tune the system because he was always great at doing that. Uh, on the outside, uh, it looks great. On the inside, it looks great. But <clears throat> what everyone wants to know is what powers in under the hood. 
All right. Well, uh, I can give you a lot of detail on one of the engines and a little bit on the other. So starting off, we will have a two-liter turbo, and that uh, that will go on sale in fall. That's going to have 272 horsepower, nice. 280 pounds of torque. Basically puts it at the top of the class. More power than the 3 Series, the A4, the C-Class. Um, Type S is going to arrive later, next spring. That's going to be the first model to feature our new 3-liter turbo. All-new engine for Acura. It's going to be amazing. I can't tell you the power specs yet, but I can tell you it's going to be a fantastic engine. Honda, Acura, we're known for our engine engineering, and this, this thing is going to deliver. I noticed from one of the pictures, my friend, it has quad exhaust. Are those real? Do we have an engine so big it needs quads? <laughs> well, quad exhaust is, a, is kind of a Type S signature. The TL uh, Type S in 07, 08 had, had quad exhaust. It looks right. So that was, that was part of the design um, directive, and, uh, and they are real exhaust tips. They're not built into the, um, into the fascia. They're, they're real exposed exhaust finishers. I like that idea as well. Uh, what do you call a grill? So you have these sort of, I don't even know how to explain it. It's so difficult. So, in, you know, grill in the old days used to be uh, chrome slats across the front. Now you have these sort of protruding dots or, or I don't know, what do we call them? How do, yeah. we, how, how do we explain that? It's got, a, it's got a very elegant name. It's called the Diamond Pentagon. Okay. So you have those diamond elements in the grill. You have a pentagon shape for the grill itself. And then there's a couple different versions depending on which car you get. So if you get the A spec, you get a you get a dark grill finish with um with dark diamonds. On the on the Type S, because you have a bigger engine, you need more air coming in. We've done a an open surface diamond pentagon that's really really cool. So that's going to be a unique uh, element just for the Type S models. And uh, and presumably that you'll have some different fascias so you can tell just apart from the grill which is uh, type s and which one is the a spec etc etc yeah exactly yeah type s is going to have a number of um differentiators from the outside that grill being one you have dark finish all around the headlights the taillights are darker unique wheels brembo brakes that's going to be a type s exclusive so yeah, you'll definitely notice the Type S when you see one. I like that. how I like how they emboss the seats with the Type S name. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's beautiful. Is this now? I'm seeing one of these pictures here. It has real wood down the sides of the dash that uh, encompasses the shifter. Is is that is it real wood or does it just, with a red stripe? It is. It is real wood. Yeah. So the materials on the interior, the the leather, the aluminum, the wood, uh, all of that's real, authentic materials. All right. Let's get to the what's really important uh, on this vehicle. When will we be able to test drive it? So, uh, so like I said, the two liter is going to be going on sale early fall. Yeah. Uh, so not too long from that model, and then the Type S will come in spring. Uh, presumably, you're you know you because of COVID nineteen, you probably won't be doing a regular journalist reveal, but you'll be shipping the cars to people. Or are you planning on doing something in the fall? We're we're yeah we're figuring that out. You know we it's super important that we get uh you know give you all the media the opportunity to drive the car, and so we're gonna you know figure out what's most appropriate and what's safe, and uh, so we're working those details out. But absolutely, you're, you're gonna you're gonna get time in the car, Nick. Don't worry. I have my Union Jack bandana, and I'm willing to fly. He, he gets you know, for some reason he gets real panicky, you know, and it's like I have to drive this car, you know. It's like can't wait. I we owned one. We owned a TLS. 
Yeah, but not this one. No, we owned like it's a family car. I want to drive it. I know. That's what I'm saying. You might want to buy one. Okay. You can't stop me. You're not my real mom. Oh, my God. Uh, when Commercial I like, soon. When I like my cars, <laughs> I like my cars. Uh, a- Andrew, I look forward to seeing it in my driveway. We don't have any idea where price is going to fall on this. Uh, no, we have a good idea. So starting at around uh, mid-30,000. Oh, nice. hey. Okay. Yeah. So very competitive. Um, yeah. And probably over the 40,000 mark when the three liter comes next year. Uh, certainly over 40, yeah. When you, you, you could look at uh, some competitors, uh, V6 power competitors like an Audi S4 to kind of give you a ballpark idea of where we're going to start. That starts at 36,000. So I, I kind of, oh, that, the Audi 4 series starts at 36. The S is like 42, I think. All right. The S is going to be yeah, yeah. higher 40s. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start counting my change right now. Uh, Andrew Quaylen, it's always a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. Thank you for telling us about the uh, the brand new Acura that will be coming to dealerships uh, this fall. The TLX, it, it just does look like a concept car. I love it. I, I just, it still looked to me, I mean, I can't believe they've actually made it. All right, more, our auto expert on the way. You're listening to our auto expert. Catch up with previous episodes of the show on our website, ourautoexpert.com. You can hear past shows, see our automated videos, and read insider car stories about your next ride. Our Auto Expert is where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at Our Auto Expert and ourautoexpert.com. New cars are all the rage right now. Lots of car companies revealing vehicles, but not in the traditional way, at auto shows or at off-site events where they gather a bunch of journalists in a room and they pull the uh, the sheets off of a vehicle, the silks as they like to call mm-hmm. them, they slide them off, and with beautiful people stand there, and people with yeah. accents tell you all about the car and <laughs> how they designed it and why they came up with it. A lot of them are being done digitally now. Uh, we had to fill in a blank for this one because we didn't really know what was being announced because we had to book the interview in, and we're guessing. Um, we, we're guessing what it is. But uh, Dominic from Subaru is here, and Dominic will give us all the dirty, dirty Wait, on the inside. What do you think what? it is? Well, I've looked at the website, so I kind of I know, think I know. But I think I know, too. Is it the new 2021 Crosstrek, Dominic? Uh, that's correct, yeah. Yay! <laughs> we guessed right. We guessed right, because we didn't know. I had no idea. Uh, tell I know us. you're so excited, yeah. Well, we are. so this has been a huge seller. For, like, the Crosstrek was a, was a sort of a, a secret hit for Subaru, because a lot of people wanted sort of an SUV, but they really liked the Subaru, and this is sort of the, it's sort of sort of an SUV, but it's also sort of a hatch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's kind of a unique size. It's about the perfect car, um, I would say, for a city car. You know, it's got just enough size. It, it, you can put a bunch of stuff in the back. You can take it for weekends off-roading. But also, it's, it's easy enough to maneuver through the city, and it's easy enough to park, you know, because it's really not a large SUV. But you do get the higher seating position that people tend to like. I know that when I went to, I went to Hawaii, to Kona, uh, for the launch of the Hyundai Kona, and um, they everything they showed off about the Hyundai Kona was compared to Subaru. Um, they're like, we're doing this because Subaru are doing it. We're doing this because Subaru are doing it. We're doing this because Subaru are doing it. The interesting thing was it wasn't the Kona wasn't quite as big as the Crosstrek. The Crosstrek, I think, is probably one of the largest vehicles in its class, isn't it? It's towards the top range of that class, but I think the real differentiator when you get to something like the Kona is uh, the, the Crosstrek is designed to, to go off-road. It's got much more ground clearance. Yeah. 
It's got the 8.7 inches of ground clearance, which the Kona doesn't have. Um, so it's a bit it's a bit better for actually off-roading or for deep snow and things like that. Um, but, you know, the Kona's a nice package. It's a bit smaller. We tend to, you know, this fits underneath the Forester, um, so it's smaller than a Forester, but it's kind of at the larger end. So sometimes we'll get crossed off with the RAV4s and things that would be directly more directly in competition with the Forester. Right. But this, this, the one we're announcing now, the big news is, we we finally um, have put the 2.5 liter engine. Yep, in it, that's, and that's what, 182 horsepower, and yep. that's that's really the big. And it's, it's a refresh of the current model, but it's a refresh with a new engine, which we're we're very excited about. Um, it's an engine we've wanted for quite some time, and uh, it it really will improve the performance. I so, think. I think two liter is there as well. Yeah, I think everybody really loved everything about the vehicle, but they wanted a little more power, and that's of course obviously being met with 182 horsepower. And plus, it probably works better with the off-roading portions. That you and you put the X mode in it. You even have a new trim level as well. Yeah, so we've come out with um, you know, we we, we debuted something on the on the new Outback uh, called the Onyx XT, and this is this is similar to that. This is a sport trim model, but it's got the same interior um so it's got this uh, startex we call it material which is a it, it, it essentially it's a uh, polyurethane type material it's not vinyl so you don't you don't sweat in it and it, it doesn't get over overly heated so it's a great sports vehicle in the sense that very easy to wipe down you can wash yeah. it wash it down with, with a with a wet cloth things like that and and it doesn't doesn't sweat on you in in, in high temperatures um, so it's great for somebody who's using biking and running and doing things like that and, and having dogs in and out of the car. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, for someone like me that has five dogs, and, of course, Subaru is the dog brand, so you have five dogs, uh, they they never get can get into a car without muddy paws. Even if it's dry, they'll exactly. find, especially the Labrador, he'll find a puddle anywhere and get it in the car. So it's much, <laughs> it's much easier to clean. Uh, let's talk about the EyeSight system because that comes in this vehicle. Uh, it's not necessarily a new addition, but I think, and I see people copying you now. The eyesight system has some elements of genius in it because Subaru tended to look at people's behavior. And this this is why um, I'm getting my dad into a Forester is because he's the sort of guy that will turn to me and chat to me in the in the car when traffic pulls away in front of it. And one of the systems does is like, "Hey, pay attention! The car in front of you is moving, right?" Correct. Yeah, it has um, it is a driver monitoring system, you know. But this also adds, which this the, the Crosser didn't have, is a new lane center assist feature that will actually steer the car and actually maintains the vehicle in, in the center of the lane. And it'll actually um, also latch on to the car in front of you now and keep you following the car in front of you uh, through curves and things like that. So it, it's got a couple of new features in addition to the standard eyesight. And you know, the eyesight system. Has been the top recommended uh, system, you know, by IIHS, and uh, it's a dual camera system, so it works a little bit quicker than a single camera or a, a radar system because it is a, a dual camera, so it can react a little bit more quickly. As it should be, um, I think it probably is one of the best uh, systems out there for all of the sec- safety and security features that it puts into this car. Now, Dominic. I know you're not going to want to answer this question because uh, you know journalists, I'm sure, beat you up about asking these sort of questions. But doesn't this vehicle warrant a WRX or STI version of it? I mean, doesn't it warrant a nice high-performance engine for a bit of desert racing? I mean, it looks like it's calling out for that. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, uh, I know there's <laughs> been a few that have been made up and, 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 and turned into uh, Crosstrex, and it's a great idea. Um 
we love it. But, you know, right now we are in the development stage of the next generation WRX and STI. So um, because that vehicle is going to be kind of coming out in the future, it would be kind of wouldn't make sense right now to look backwards and, and, and look to, to doing new stuff on a current car. So it would make more sense to wait if anything like that would ever happen, you know, to to uh, do it down the line. But I, I know that um, we have had STI versions of the Forester in Australia and a couple other countries, and, and people do like them. But, you know, I think, you know, this is, we've done so well with the current formula, it's very difficult to go back to uh, to Japan and say we need something different. Right. Saying, you need well, so- you're, you're selling every single one of these. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, what are you talking about? You so- need something to fail before the Japanese will change the ship, I'm sure. <laughs> well, However... Let's knock on wood. Let's hope we don't get to that point. Let's hope we can stay ahead of that. I'm looking forward to this hitting dealerships. Dominic is from uh, Subaru. He's a great guy. And if you ever want to ride with him in an SDI, it'll change your life. Coming up, more Our Auto Experts. Stand by. You're listening to the Our Auto Expert Podcast. Uh, this is our Auto Expert radio show, and of course, our Auto Expert is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can start a conversation with us at 100,000 followers. You uh, can just ask us a direct question. We'll have a direct answer for you. So where 2 million Americans get their automotive news daily at Our Auto Expert and OurAutoExpert.com. About one quarter of American drivers surveyed by CarInsurance.com have avoided speeding tickets after giving an excuse to police officers. The uh, most common reasons and the most respondents said that they didn't know why they were speeding. But carinsurance.com surveyed a thousand drivers about speeding and asked them uh, when, why, and how often they got out of uh, those speeding tickets and what they got those speeding tickets for. Well, Les Masterson is joining us on the phone to talk a little bit about some of those excuses. Uh, first of all, uh, let's ask you, Les, and thank you for coming on. I know we've had you on the TV segment already. Uh, thanks mm-hmm. for coming back on for the radio segment to talk about this. So first of all, let me ask you, uh, where are the the most speeders? Uh, where, where have people seen an increase in speeding? And uh, really, is it this all due to COVID-19? Well, yeah, that's what we, we found is that uh, people are saying that 28% of uh, respondents said that they have seen an increase with COVID. Uh, because with fewer people on the road, uh, people felt been, that there, there were fewer police out there looking for them and also just fewer cars, so they felt safer to um, when they get on the highway to just, there's no one in front of them, just, just go right ahead. Uh, we found that people in Georgia and in South Carolina were the most apt to say that they've noticed an increase in speeding since uh, COVID. Uh, but also increases in Ohio, Alabama, and California. Uh, Highway Patrol said they've seen an increase of how many people in getting tickets. Well, it really depends on the it depends on the uh, the state. Uh, California was seeing huge numbers. Um, the the police themselves there, the state police, were saying they've seen huge numbers of um, drivers uh, and been handing out more tickets um, since the the pandemic. So excuses is something we all try to give police officers when we get pulled over. Jen, have you have you ever been pulled over for speeding? Ever, 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 ever? Yes, I have. But the funny thing was, is I thought I was being pulled over for speeding. Oh, but, yeah. But the guy just wanted to check out my car. Oh. <laughs> Were you driving the Camaro? I was. I was at the T-tops off. I was going about five over. And uh, he pulls me over and he's like, hey. And I'm like... Yeah, he goes, did you know that you were going a bit fast? And I'm like, yeah, I was going five over. 
And he goes, so what do you have under the hood? Oh, really? <laughs> you know, it's a, I got off with a warning. <clears throat> I got followed into my driveway. Yeah. So I pulled into my driveway and the, the dog van, like the dog truck, the guy oh, who was driving a truck yeah. with a dog in the back yeah. from the sheriff's office, he, he stopped outside my house and he walked up and he goes, is that the new Hellcat? <laughs> <laughs> I like it when they do that. I, I do. You know, like, I, I, do. I, I don't think I was necessarily speeding. Uh, let, let's talk about some of those excuses. So when we get down to excuses, uh, by the way, excuses are always weak because everybody knows they were dry, they right. were speeding. What are some mm-hmm. of the, 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 the most successful uh, excuses and what are some of the top excuses people are using? Well, both the, as you mentioned, the, the most popular excuse and also the most successful excuse is they didn't realize they were speeding. Uh, a third of, of our drivers said they used that excuse and got away with um, that. And, and a third of our, our, the respondents also claimed, yes, they were lying. So, so this, um, this is why we need heads up displays on all vehicles. They're telling the truth. Um, so that's, that's the top one. Uh, and then also late for work. Uh, medical emergency, those were also, uh, that rounded up the top three. Uh, but we also had things like 17% said they had to go to the bathroom, uh, 17% didn't see a speed, uh, speed limit sign, uh, 16% said that they uh, were going as fast as everyone else, uh, which is not always a great excuse when you say, well, everyone else is speeding, so <laughs> I was too. I think, um, but by the way, I think I think that ignorance of the law. I didn't know I was speeding. It's that's your own fault. Like cars nowadays, yeah. new cars nowadays will tell you what the speed limit is yeah. where you are, and they'll flash red at you if you're going over it. Yep. So, by the way, spank on that one. That's that's an absolute. <laughs> lie. You shouldn't be able to do it. Uh, is 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 this helping people get away with speeding tickets? Yes, they, we, we found that a, a third of the people who, who said that they got away with it uh, used that speeding, that they, they claimed that they didn't know they were speeding. Um, so it, it is something that's working, as well as asking for a warning. Uh, we found that there's success on that. If people are respectful and say, I didn't, you know, either I was, didn't know I was speeding or just, can I get out of this? I've never gotten a ticket before. Can you give me a warning? That we found that 53% of people who requested a warning actually got, got that warning and was able to drive away without a ticket. Now, uh, in insurance.com, carinsurance.com, you've actually done this uh, for a couple of, or several years. Uh, how did this differ from last year's survey? It's pretty consistent. Um, we, we've, uh, little things here or there, like uh, we, we found this year more women said they were pulled over than last year, uh, those kind of things. But for the excuses and for requesting a warning, getting away with it, it it's pretty much each year, it's pretty much the same, the same area. Let's ask who are worse, men or women? For for who for, for speeding? For lying for, or for, yeah, well, for either for lying or for speeding excuses. Yeah, men. men it, we found that men for all of that. Men get pulled over more. Men um, uh, gave more excuses. We had a higher percentage of men um, lying than women. So across because, the board, because men can, men can't flutter their eyelids that often. No. I t- when I got pulled over, I told him, yeah, I was going five over. So Yeah, but all right. So you admitted it. Yeah. I think, by the way, when you get down into like the 10% of people, I think this is the lamest excuse, and you should probably go to jail for life for this. 10% said they were late for a court appointment. Weak. <laughs> Weak. <laughs> Seriously. I find that uh, the hardest one. I mean, uh, apart from not speeding, I like the idea that if you ask for a warning, there is a chance that you will be get you'll be given a warning. That's interesting. 
never even thought about yeah, that. Yeah, especially if you haven't gotten a ticket before. You know, if the officer can go back to the, the cruiser, call in your information and find that, yes, you haven't been, um, you don't have no charges or anything against you. Uh, there's, a, there's a good chance that they'll give you a warning. I don't want to mess with fate, Les, but I will have to tell you that uh, that I haven't had a ticket for quite a while. And and I think it's because I'm I'm not really a speeder. I mean, seriously, I know where the speed is. I'll accelerate up to the speed limit, but I don't drive like for long periods of time because uh, uh, I like to hear the exhaust go, blah, 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 blah. Jen, <laughs> Jen's rolling her eyes at me, by the way. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, I like to go fast to get you all excited, but then when we hit the speed limit, I'll slow down. Sometimes. <laughs> Are you calling me a liar? I'm not. I'm pleading the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, Jen always rides with me uh, to to the station when we do the radio show. Mm -hmm. So tell me, uh, Les, you know, carinsurance.com uh, tend to, uh, you do these surveys for a lot of different things, but what you guys do is actually uh, help people get a lower insurance rate. Is that right? Yeah. What we do is we, we both have um, an editorial function where we provide all the information people need to make wise decisions and all types of um, uh, car insurance questions. We, we answer on those. We also allow people um, tools so they can go on there and when they're searching for different types of insurance, compare multiple, you know, quotes. Uh, they, they put in certain information of what they're looking for and then we, we provide them with uh, a few different options so they can go from there. So uh, good, a, a good resource for people who are shopping for car insurance. There's uh, carinsurance.com. Uh, what about those people that actually got tickets and, and headed off to court? Is it worth hiring a lawyer? Did people find that the hiring a lawyer ended up better for them, or did they hire a lawyer? Yeah, we did find that some, some people uh, did hire a lawyer, uh, and for the most part they found that it was, it was worthwhile. Um, but others said that they went on their own, uh, which – isn't always a an awful idea um, to go on your own if you if you especially if you feel like you have a, a ground to, uh, to stand on um, in the situation um, and that's one thing that if you do wind up appealing the ticket uh, it's a good idea to be really respectful to the officer when when you get pulled over because if you're a complete jerk that officer will probably remember you and might be more apt to go to that that hearing and. Uh, Whereas if you're respectful and you just you just another ticket to this this officer, there's a good chance that person will forget you and won't remember. Oh yeah, this is the guy that was doing over twenty and he went past a school bus and you know it was right. a real jerk. So be as respectful as as you can. Uh, that could help you in in court later. Yeah, so Jan, when you get pulled over, don't be a jerk. I'm not a jerk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you. I see here that you talk about the six top insurers. Um, and the increasing rates, who had the biggest increase? <laughs> well, um, let's see here. Um, I don't, you, on top of my head, I don't, I don't remember, but I'll, I will tell you that Geico. the places that, the, the places that usually have the uh, lowest rates and advertise the lowest rates are the ones you get, you get hit hard when yeah. you actually do get a ticket or get in an accident. Um, yeah. so the ones you see on TV promoting the lowest rates. Usually, you can get the lowest rates if you have a clean record, but once you get nailed with one with one infraction, your rates go through the roof, which is why it's a really good idea that it, after you get a speeding ticket, especially, to um, shop around next time your insurance is up. 
Yeah, so Progressive and Geico is 31% is what you have here. Mm-hmm. And then na- yeah. Nationwide was the lowest at 19%. Increase after you get a ticket? Uh-huh. All right. Well, yeah. I have State Farm. That's 27%. And uh, Farmers was 24 See, the whole idea is mm-hmm. you can shop around. Les Masterson, thank you for yes. uh, coming on from carinsurance.com and telling us... Uh, uh, some of the lamest excuses, but some of the most <laughs> successful excuses. By the way, I just think people are lame. If you did it, put your hand up. Don't be saying, oh, I was speeding, officer. I didn't realize. Uh, that doesn't work. Very That's well. when you should say, look, I was just having a little fun. Yeah, well, there you go. Big ticket. <laughs> respectful and nice. And uh, 17% said they didn't see the speed limit sign. Again, Saying that you didn't realize you were doing it is not excuse for doing right. it. Oh, officer, I didn't ex- realize I was hit the person uh. in my fist in the bar when I'd had a few <laughs> It's a weak excuse. Own up to it. All right, Ma, our auto expert on the way. Stand by. You're listening to our auto expert. Your smart speaker can be your radio. Just say, hey, Google, or hey, Alexa, or hey, Siri, our auto expert radio show can be played oh see siri got all upset when i said that now all of my smart speakers turn on and they want to do different things and they want to play our auto expert on them i love to do this because i have a i have a android and an alexa uh, enabled devices and a uh, a siri enabled device so as soon as i say that here we go they all get pop up well, you can turn them into our auto expert. I do that with our Alexa device quite regularly, by the way. You can have hours of endless fun. I'm Nick Miles, and this is our auto expert radio show, where two million Americans get their automotive content daily. Uh, I like to uh, see what Perry Stern from our auto expert and MSN uh, Autos has been driving each week, and I was quite interested to see that he had been driving the uh, Porsche Cayman, the 718, which uh, first... Uh, came around in 2016. Uh, Perry, the po- the pictures that you posted were of a bright red one. Is this the same color as the one that you test drove, the bright red? That is. That's actually the car that I drove in Guards Red, as they call it. God, all right. Did you get a ticket? I did not. <laughs> some would call this Arrest Me Red. Yes, or Write Me Arrest a Ticket me Red. Arrest Me Red. I write, love it. <laughs> write Me a Ticket Red, but you managed to skirt away. Uh, we just had Les Masterson on the show from uh, carinsurance.com was telling us uh, the most successful uh, excuse for people with police was, Oh, I'm sorry, Oris, officer. I didn't realize I was speeding. I think that's weak. If you get pulled over, Harry, what would you say to a police officer? Oh, it's never going to happen. So, ah! you know, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Why is it never going to happen? Because I would never exceed the speed limit. Oh, weak. First of all, <laughs> ever, every, I could ever? Say that with a straight face. Yeah. Every, everybody here knows you're lying, by yeah. the way, Perry. <laughs> <laughs> I've never speeded off a show. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's I mean, so. I, I was I was driving the hottest version of the Cayman the GT4. Yeah. So I may have exceeded the speed limit slightly. There you go. There well, you it's go. necessary when you overtake, and the guy in the. Do you find this, by the way, when you when you uh, uh, have a really nice car and you decide accidentally on purpose, whichever the reason may be, to speed in something like the GT4, that the person will like pace you. They'll 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 speed with you. Uh, you're trying to overtake them, and they'll put their foot down as well. Do you find that? Uh, there are certain cars that you know where people will do that. 
you know, just to kind of show you that, yeah, I could have gone that fast if I wanted to. <laughs> Weak. Um, people often, when I overtake them in some very special car, they'll often speed as well, which annoys me, by the way, endlessly annoys me, uh, because they'll, they'll always want to uh, try and keep up with you at the same speed. All right, let's ask about this vehicle. Uh, is this worthy of the Porsche name? It is probably the most worthy of the Porsche name. Wow. I mean, okay. this, is, this is one of the best. I've driven a variety of different Porsches, and this is probably one of the best that I've driven because it is such a pure sports car. Uh, no turbos, uh, so it's a normally aspirated six-cylinder engine, so the power just comes on super smooth. I mean, you'll, you know that you know a lot of the exotics and highest-performance cars now are supercharged or turbocharged or hybrids or something like that. There aren't a lot of high-performance just normally aspirated engines and so it you know you kind of forget how nice it is to have smooth power and this has got plenty of it i mean it's what 414 horsepower in a little tiny porsche cayman so it's it's got plenty of power and the best part is this actually has a real six-speed manual gearbox do your neighbors think you have some kind of uh, elusive or uh, illegal career um <laughs> that you do because you show up with really cool cars in the driveway regularly well, they're not always cool, and they're probably wondering really right now because I have a Sprinter van parked in there oh, right now. Right on. But, uh, uh, so, you know, you get the good and the bad and the tra- strange, and, you know, so, you know, the, the Porsches, the, I think that was actually probably the worst part about the Porsches. It drove so well that it ruined me for everything. And I mean, every other car I've driven since then, and the Sprinter van doesn't really count because it was never going to live up to a Porsche, uh, but they all feel big and heavy and slow because the Porsche was just so quick and agile and you know did you take it off roading uh, yet off roading in the Porsche no, no the Sprinter the Sprinter no this is not an all wheel drive one so oh. not like we did in Mudfest a couple of years ago yeah that was fun off roading in an all wheel drive Sprinter van mm-hmm. uh, this is actually looks like one I should take to the airport but we can talk about that <laughs> are you uh, <laughs> are you moving are you moving people this weekend is that is that what you'll do when you get a Sprinter van, you, you know. Actually, I've been to Home Depot already. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and uh, and put up. What did you buy at Home Depot? And did it fit in the back of the van? Uh, everything would fit in the back of this van. I mean, it's a twelve passenger. You can socially distance in this van <laughs> and still be in the same car. Hey, honey, uh, you went to see your friend uh, this week, so right in the back of the van, will you, please? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want to have to breathe the same air. <laughs> the the uh, the the 718 Cayman GT4 um is this something you would put your own money on if i had that kind of money because i don't um because i mean this is this is a $100,000 sports car um you know it's it's and actually the one i drove i think was up near uh 110 something like that but it is about as pure a sports car as i have driven recently just because it's it looks fantastic. It's got the proper sports seats that aren't, they're snug. They're not too uncomfortable, but they hold you in. Um, and it just, it's, it just makes you happy every time you drive. Um, it would make me happy too. I, and I'm, by the way, I Googled, I just Googled Perry Stern and then Porsche. And this was the first article that came up in Google. So you must be a happy man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was happy until they took it away. Yeah, it's always sad when they come to take it away. It's worse when you'll get something like the GT4 and they come to pick it up because you've test driven it for a week and then they 
they'll drop and and I'm not knocking this in any way, but they'll drop off something like um, you know a Toyota Yaris or something. It's like well, the sad thing was they actually brought me a Mustang convertible to drive after. Oh, well, all right, that's but but it ruined the Mustang convertible because immediately (laughs) it felt heavy and slow, which a Mustang convertible is not. So I've determined that from now on, whenever I drive a car like the Cayman, I need a a uh, palate cleanser. A, bre- a breather week. <laughs> so I need a Camry or a Prius or something in between before I drive another high performance car. There you go. Um, to me, always my neighbors are always watching. We have, of course, with COVID nineteen going on, we have a lot of people doing walks around the neighborhood. You know, because they're working from home a lot of times, and they walk past and they always stop at the mailbox and check out what we have. So, uh, you yeah, know. it's it's always fun. It's interesting to see the neighbors drop in the in the cars. I always think it's interesting when they bring a trailer to take away the vehicles as well, uh, because that way they, I always feel like I'm having a vehicle repossessed. <laughs> like the repo, <laughs> the repo man is here to do it. Uh, and no, it's sorry, the, you did not pay your bills. Yeah. You have not paid for this Lamborghini. It's going away. It's the PR car and the company that are picking them up. But thanks, thanks everybody. Uh, Perry, uh, do, do you have a secret road you do zero to sixty mile an hour tests on? Uh, well, if I told you, it wouldn't be a secret, would it? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Perry Stern, you can read the majority of his stuff, especially about this uh, this nice uh, German car, the 718 Cayman, uh, on com. You've been listening to Our Auto Expert with Nick Mile. Find all the show episodes at ourautoexpert.com. Please follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Our Auto Expert. And message us for a quick and witty response.